Welcome to Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on X at Braden Gall. I didn't even know about this until you just briefed me. My name is Aaron Dugan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Aaron Dugan or Instagram, Aaron underscore Dugan. Well, we're going to break down everything we learned from SEC Media Days because largely all the episodes I gave to you guys last week were mostly conversations with other distinguished SEC dig- dignitary dignitaries. Easy for me to say, Aaron. Mm. Um, so I figured <laughs> I'd give you a chance to sort of pepper me because we didn't really talk about the vibe and the energy and the predictions. And now we have some predictions that are officially out. We've got first team, second team, third team, all conference selections. We've got all kinds of stuff to discuss today on the show. Please rate, review and subscribe. Um, we do have some news about the show coming next week. On next week's episode, we will have some news, an announcement, and some subtle tweaks to the show that you're going to want to tune in for. We've got our plan situated for the fall of 2023, which I think is going to be what season for us, Aaron? <laughs> 2021, we started this it's our fourth be, football season. It'll be fourth football. Yeah, because we started That's October crazy. of 2020. That's crazy. Golly, I can't believe we crazy. made it this long. <laughs> so, so some news coming up. Uh, I do have one question to ask you, though, about this stupid X stuff, because I'm on the Twitter machine, man. I'm going down with the ship. I've told you before. H- here's the thing. If I send you a DM, is it now a DMX? You <laughs> need you have some heavy thinking to do. <laughs> That's such a dad joke, which is not off brand for you, but it's also not great hilariously of course and i'm stealing this directly from another podcast i'll admit uh but hilariously of course uh microsoft owns the copyright to x which means that x is definitely not gonna give it to you uh, how many more are there just tell me now so i can that's be it that's the only, that's, that's jesus christ Braden. <laughs> so I, bad I, i'm sorry they're they're fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> Where did you steal them from? I, I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm acknowledging that I stole them from another podcast you're like uh, i plagiarized a, but a, i'm not gonna little, tell you where <laughs> it's a political podcast and if you know you oh, okay. know if you know you know so uh, okay, e- either it. way the dmx the dmx one was mine that one was mine um okay that was but, i mean not bad might have been the better of the three <laughs> all right uh sec sec <laughs> come on who who would take this is the absurdity of the rebrand for me um like who who would take sort of like universally organically built brands that hundreds of millions of people know phrases that hundreds of millions of people know and use to communicate during live sporting events in particular SEC football games like tweet and retweet and and like all these things and then just decide to get rid of all of that brand equity I don't understand but that's neither here nor there I just I don't get it I don't get it It does kind of feel like Nike like changing their name to like why <laughs> it's exactly it's exactly it's what like it you is. made you made up a word and a symbol that like no one knew what it was before and now you're just gonna not use it right, anymore right we built an we built a massive massive company that is worth market value 40 plus billion dollars and we with are a going, word that didn't exist before and we're gonna make the shoes worse and change the name from nike to the letter y that's exactly you're exactly right Exactly yeah, it doesn't feel that smart to me. Um, all right, so so SEC media day predictions. <laughs> the official pre- the official predictions, and I, this is interesting to me. So a couple of things we discussed going into this week was was going to be Bama LSU split. Well, Bama got 165 first place votes in the West, LSU 117. That's a little bit larger of a gap than I expected. Texas A&M third with one first place vote, Ole Miss four, no first place votes, Arkansas three, 
uh, first place votes, finishing fifth. Auburn was sixth. Mississippi State was seventh. Four first place votes for Auburn, one for Mississippi State. I don't count any of those eight first place votes as like real. In fact, I know some of the folks. We talked about this last year. I know the folks who voted for Arkansas. They sort of do it as a joke. But the real interesting thing in the West is the 165 versus 117. So there's that. We can get into that. Georgia, of course, heavy favorite in the East, 265 first place votes. Tennessee second, South Carolina third, uh, Kentucky four, Florida five, Missouri six, Vanderbilt seven, 14 first place votes for Tennessee, three for South Carolina, one for Kentucky, and eight for Vanderbilt, which is where I'm going to start, Aaron, because eight first place votes for Vanderbilt. Certainly, we all know that's leave that's, us alone. <laughs> but that's here, here's the thing. I don't, whatever, have fun. If you want to pick Vanderbilt to win the East, and eight of you in the Vanderbilt press corps, which of course I, I think I know all of you who and who you work for. If you all want to pick Vanderbilt to win the East as kind of a fun joke, ha ha ha, like great, fine, whatever. It's it's Isn't all it good. that funny though. But no, but here's the funny part. Okay. Of those eight, three decided that they weren't going to pick Vanderbilt to win the SEC championship, which means eight people were like, Yeah, Vanderbilt's to win the East. Ha ha ha. Got but you guys. We'll win the whole th- but, but, we'll- but three of them were like, No, that's a bridge too far. They're not going to win the, the SEC championship. If gonna you're be- going to send it, just send it. You know? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> It, it, honestly, yeah, it really it calls into question those those, those three. people. Yeah. So, f- so five. Like, so what did you? Were you serious? Eight. Well, obviously, none of the eight were serious. Well, but, I know that, but it's like but, just finish the joke. Right. Like five of them finished the joke. Exactly. Five of them were committed. Five people picked Vanderbilt to win the SEC championship, and so stay committed to it. I just want to know where what the three were thinking when they were like, "Ha ha ha! We're going to pick Vandy to beat Georgia <laughs> and win the East." But like beating Alabama in the West, and that's that's too, too far much. for me. Too far. Yeah, especially since George is ranked. None of it makes sense. Whatever. <laughs> I find that to be hilarious. Uh, I mean, however Ge- you need to entertain yourself, Vanderbilt press corps, do what you got to do. But Georgia, hundred. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut. I'm you done. Off. Georgia, 181 first place votes to win the whole thing, which has been right. The, the press at Media Days has been right seven times in the last 15 seasons. So about half the time that the press is right. Uh, 181 first place votes, Bama 62, LSU 31. I think that is an interesting split when it comes to basically two thirds out of everybody picked Georgia. The other third picked either LSU or Bama. And within that other third, it was sort of two to one Bama versus LSU. So I thought those are some interesting splits and some votes that we can be in the conversation. What did you expect to happen? I, you know, we had Cole Kublik on last week who clearly picked LSU um, you know, I think I thought the Bama LSU would be closer, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, one sixty five to one seventeen in the West. That's a and and my personal. I don't know where you fall on this. And sixty two to thirty one overall. Yeah, to win the whole thing. Um, which is again about accurate with what what was picked in to win the West. So like the ratios are kind of similar. It it just I find it interesting. That it was not closer, maybe not 50-50, but having said that, my own personal journey was Bama, when we put the magazine out for Athlon Sports, it was Alabama to win the West. And then for like months, I've been trying to talk myself into LSU. LSU is more complete. LSU is more situ- better situated. They have a better their, their roster. They're starting 22s in a better is better shape than Alabama's potentially. But like as, as the week went along, I was like, I... I the, the games in Alabama, the games at home, Bama's better along better depth, better roster, better coach. Like I, I felt pretty comfortable when I picked Alabama to win the West. I was one of the 165 to pick Alabama to win the West. So I, I did feel pretty comfortable by the end of the week. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't know if people just resort back to what they know to be comfortable, which is just that we know of Alabama is Alabama and they can repeat and they've been there before and all the things you just named about location at the game and everything. But it, I mean, with what we've seen, uh, I, I'm a little bit surprised too, that people couldn't lean a little bit harder into LSU's potential since we already, it's not even just potential anymore. We're seeing it happen and we saw it happen quickly. So I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that Alabama had twice as many, um, like overall votes as LSU. But I mean, I, I thought it'd still end up in this order. I just didn't think the gap would be that large. I, I think that, I think that's right. Um, and yeah. the fact that there were 93, I'm going to call them real votes for the SEC championship. Not not the five for Tennessee. I guess those. I guess if you're picking Tennessee, that's probably a real vote. That's five real votes, I guess. Yeah, I think people probably meant that. Five for Vanderbilt, two for Arkansas, two for Auburn, one for Mississippi State and South Carolina. I don't consider any of those, quote unquote, real. Because, again, I know a lot of the folks that are doing that. I think the vote for A&M, is, that, that could be a real vote. I think that's fine. Um, and it doesn't totally matter. What did I read? That only nine times in the past 31 years has the the overall pick to win the SEC before media days or at media days been correct. Right, but it's been far more accurate lately. So yes. In the last 15, correct. like you yeah, referenced. It's, yeah. We're we're about 50-50 in the last 15 years, but going back to 92, 30%. You're right, you're right, we've missed. What's interesting, and I looked at this, uh the first two years of the predictions, it, what's interesting is the team that gets picked to win the, this is going to be complicated. So I'm going to see if I can get this out. And if you, you have any questions, if you have any questions, please let me know. Oh, I, um, I sure will. If the team that is picked to win the championship doesn't win it, they almost never make the championship game, which means if you are picked to win the, the sec and do, and are not, and eventually are not the champion, you don't even win your division. So that means like, for example, if 62 people picked Alabama to win the sec championship, and that's wrong. Odds are it's only happened one time since like 1993 where the team picked to win, didn't win, but lost in the championship game, if that makes sense. Yeah. So if you're if you're getting to the championship game and you were predicted to win, you probably did. Yes. And if yes. you didn't, you it's because you, you weren't there even, to begin with. Exactly. Exactly. You got okay. it. See, you got it. You're a big, big, uh, big quantum physics guy. Uh, I, I think that I, I, found, I found that interesting that when you when we met when we quote unquote the media throng, you know, when we miss, we miss with the team that doesn't even get there. And mm-hmm. that, that to me is picking either like either that means Georgia's losing the the SEC East, which seems very unlikely, or it's like the Alabama LSU thing. And the other side is just going to be wrong. Like, the, yeah, the, the 62 people who picked Alabama. But in this case, again, it's Georgia. So. If that tracks, it means that either George is winning the championship or they're not get, even getting to Atlanta. Is, is yeah. what that and the second one's is. hard to imagine to me. I mean, if Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee, Tennessee does, yeah, I mean, that's the only shot. If Tennessee does something crazy and they have one loss going into, let's say it's to Bama and they lose to Bama on the road and then they have they win every other game and then they somehow beat Georgia and and then that gives them the East title. That would be this scenario playing itself out. But. Again, yeah, I mean, crazier things have happened. I mean, we saw that what happened with Alabama, Tennessee last year. So they guess, may not even lose I that guess. one. I guess you're right. I guess. You're I mean, right. I, I think we're agreeing. Uh, I thought the East. My order was. T- uh, I had I had Kentucky third, 
they had South Carolina. The media, quote unquote, had South Carolina third. I had Missouri five. The media had Florida five. I had flip flip those. I had okay. the exact I had the exact order in the West. That was my prediction: was Bama, LSU, A and M, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, and Mississippi State in that order. Where where do you fall on the predictions? The final predictions. Where would you like to make adjustments? Um, I don't. To me, that this is one of the most. Um, I've had less questions about the order in the West this year, or I have less questions this year than I I have since we've been doing the podcast. I always felt like really? that. Yeah, I mean about the order. I think that the, I mean, you know, that Ole Miss, sometimes Mississippi State, sometimes, you know, like when Auburn wasn't, you know, trashing it up, like there was more discrepancy in the middle of the, of the West, I think in years past than there is here. Don't you? I mean, I feel like Ole Miss should clearly be ranked above Arkansas, and I feel like Arkansas should clearly be ranked above Auburn, and I normally don't have that much clarity right there. I No, so I think that's an interesting point. I think you're right, and I think I agree with you. What I think, like, from a prediction standpoint, it is hard, because even Vegas has the win totals. Bama 10.5, LSU 9.5, A&M 8, Ole Miss 7.5, Arkansas 7, and then Auburn and Mississippi State at 6.5. So even Vegas completely agrees with that. So to your point, the prediction order maybe feels easier. My pushback on that or my counter to that or response to that would be, I would not be surprised if we are incredibly wrong. <laughs> you mean about about which part? The all, order? All of it. All of it. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, it's, it's strange. Like, I'm agreeing that that was my predicted order and then that feels like the right order. But you won't be surprised if you're not. But I'm right. not surprised if like all of that is wrong. Like, you know, Ole Miss finishes last and Arkansas is third and AM's fifth and Auburn is fourth. And like I just wouldn't be surprised if not one of those teams. I would be surprised. I would be surprised if it is not Alabama or LSU at one and two in some order. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised. But if you told me literally three through seven is any order, you pick a random order out of a hat, I would not be surprised. Do you think if Auburn moves in a direction that they'll move to the last spot or they'll move up? Yes. <laughs> That's not the question. <laughs> no, my answer is yes. I don't. This is what I'm saying. I could see Auburn finishing fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh, 25%. I'd be surprised if they were third. But Can you talk a little bit about what Hugh Freeze had to say about the quarterback about. situation? Because I would like to hear what he said at Media talk, Days about it. Talk, talk about. Talk about. Talk about. By the way, uh, this is not to pick on you, but oh my fucking God with the talk about in, in the press, in the media. Can you talk about, I, uh, I know I'm with you on that. I don't like that. It's not a very Shane, forward Shane Beamer, question. It, you South Carolina fans, your coach deserved better. South Shane Beamer got it worse than everybody. I think it's because it was the last day and media members have been out on Broadway for three straight nights acting like a bunch of buffoons and they could not ask a question of him. It was like, Talk about your defensive line. Talk about your schedule. Talk about to carry on joining. Actual, you're right. That's bad interviewing, and I'm going to do a better job. Braden, can you please give us a succinct but insightful recap of what Hugh Freeze had to say about his quarterback situation for this fall, better. 2023? Better. Uh, he talked about Peyton Thorne um, asking for a photo of every single person in the facility. So that he could like get to know every single person in the facility. It's a but good sign. It, it is, but he is not. I, I think he didn't say this overtly, but I think he was alluding to the fact that. But Peyton Thorne is not the guy that runs the system that we want to run, which we kind of know. We kind of know that. Uh, but he, I think he's got, uh, uh, you know. 
I thought the whole thing was rather chill. Like Hugh Freeze didn't have to answer any tough questions. Kirby Smart, you know, he got the AJC had to issue a giant retraction and fired a guy because of the story. So like, you know, that that Kirby didn't have to do much work. Saban was like talking about his grandma's cakes and like his trip, his anniversary trip to Italy. Like it was very chill. Josh Heupel's very comfortable up there. Shane Beamer, very comfortable. Lane Kiffin was cracking jokes like it was. I don't know if Nashville has this effect on people. <laughs> I think it kind of does. Where everyone's just, just chill like, out a little bit. And maybe that's maybe that's good. Uh, for the they're for like, the event. let's get out of here so we can go eat and drink. I get, I guess. I don't like, know. There, there was no controversy. There was no drama. Well, it also, it also seems like, and I wasn't there with you, but from you know what I read and watched afterwards, it also seemed like was there. Did it feel like there was less of a front being put on? I mean, Hugh Freeze just did what he kind of what he does, and he's like, yeah. "Are we going to be as good as we want to be?" I don't know. Like he just was very overtly like, "I don't really know yet." Um, what's going to happen, which nobody does, but it seems like there is less guard up, maybe. So I said this on Feinbaum when I was hosting last week or two weeks ago, whenever that, three weeks ago, whenever that was. And people people think it's crazy and then think about it for a second. Auburn fans are more excited for their football season than Alabama fans are, in my opinion. And it's not because one's better than the other. Alabama, Alabama fans are like, yeah, we're going to win the Natty. But like, there's like this layer of like, but LSU and Georgia's the best, and like LSU's pretty good. They're like with, fearful a little bit. And with Auburn fans, we're like, Woo! you freeze, motherfucker, let's go!" Like they don't right. They, well, they, they only got. They don't they, care. Yeah, the potential is there for them yeah. to be in a happier place than they have been the last couple of years. And like, whatever happens this year is is like not that big of a deal. They're gonna host Bama in the Iron Bowl at the end of the year. Could win that game. Yeah, they're like, like, they're like, we'll be, this will be an improvement if we don't get called a dumpster fire for two straight seasons. Yeah, yeah. it'll be great. Uh, uh, all great things on the planes this year. It doesn't like seven and five. Great. It's going to be great. <laughs> yep. fifth, fifth or sixth place. Great. Doesn't matter. I thought that made for a very enjoyable media days. Lane Kiffin was like surprisingly like loose and comfortable and like cracking jokes about boosters and NIL. And like, it was just, I think he was, you know, self-deprecating and like, I thought he was better. Um, what about Lane Saban moments? What do you mean? Like talking about Nick Saban? He he was asked about Sarkeesian more, like because he and really? Sark, well, he and Sark were on the same staff under Pete Carroll. And Sark, normally used to like some subtle like Lane Lane you know, Saban. It's so. interesting. One of the biggest like storylines because it is the end of an era. Like it's the last year of divisions. It's the last year before playoff expansion. It's the last year before Texas and Oklahoma come. The Texas and Oklahoma storylines were huge. They were Texas and Oklahoma mm-hmm. media there, which we've never had before. Um, and so it was it was interesting to see. Uh, there was a lot of conversation in particular with A&M and LSU and like Alabama and like the Western teams, Arkansas, a lot of questions about Texas and Oklahoma and what does it mean? And the rivalries and all the kids that were recruited from the state of Texas. And I'm just telling y'all it's, it's going to get weird next year. <laughs> um, and, it, and I cannot wait because SEC media is going to be in Arlington and going to be in Dallas for the first time ever next year. And Texas and OU are going to be there expanded playoff, no divisions, like appreciate what you got this year, folks. Cause it's the last of its kind. So, so to, to quote the great Jason Isbell, um, Texas, so Texas, lots of Texas, Oklahoma conversation when it comes to Texas A&M. Um, can you give us a little bit? Is there anything that Jimbo said or did that maybe we didn't get to see? I know like the things that stood out to me is his reluctancy to share if he's going to relinquish play calling or not. And then also his um, sharing very little about 
what his plan is for the offense. And then there's something else that stuck out to me. Um, oh, him saying that they were much better than their five and seven record indicated last year. So Which give I, me some more like A and M. Yeah. Uh, so Lucci was on last week about 12, 15 minutes. And we talked a little bit about Jimbo kind of saying what he said, like, right. oh, ho- hopefully Bobby P is going to call plays. Uh, and, and he talked a little bit about what the offense is going to involve this year, a little bit more tempo, a little bit more diverse, creative passing attack, which is, of course, what AM fans have been asking for. I, I think, and Lucci said this, I, I've kind of come around on this. J- Jimbo could stop all of these problems and all of these questions. And the question you just asked, if he just said yes. Like sometimes, let me give you guys who are who are not married a little advice. Sometimes... Your, your wife does not need you to say anything to what she is saying to you. She just needs you to listen and say yes and say, How long that, did that take to and learn? say that sucks or I hear you or you don't need to solve the problem. I'm a person it's, who wants to solve the problem. I want most to solve guys are like problems. that. Yeah. Like, especially with somebody I care about, like my wife has a problem. I want to solve it. She's like, I, I don't need you to solve this problem. I need you to listen and just say yes. Yep, Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher when asked the question, just needs to say yes and shut up. He can't do it. I think he like kind of enjoys it. it. And I am very similar in that my wife sometimes is like, you've said too much. Stop talking. You've talked yourself into trouble. You're right. The best, most, I mean, well, I don't know if I'm the best person to give advice since I'm single, but um, (laughs) I do think the question of, is this a listening time or an advice time is a very good he just talks. He looks like he just gets himself in trouble because he keeps going. Like, hey, is Bobby Petrino calling the play? Yes. That's it. And just end end it. And so Luch do it. He can't do it. <laughs> and listen, as someone who also has a tough time shutting up, I get it. But like, I'm not right. the nine million dollar, you know, guaranteed contract head coach of a very disappointing Texas A&M team who had to this hire a new true. offensive coordinator to save my job. This is true. You have a point, a strong so, one, in that. So my his controversial statement, which is up on the YouTube page, by the way, is like he kind of was talking about Petrino and he finally goes, well, he's going to call. Well, hopefully he's going to call plays. And it's like, dude. And as Luch said on the episode last week, like sometimes he just talks himself into a mistake. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all it was. Bobby Petrino is going to call plays. The offense is going to be different. And the question is, when things get tough, the offense is stagnant and they're in a tough game and they're in the fourth quarter. Does Jimbo Fisher have the personal strength to shut up and get out of the way and let Bobby P work it out? Or does he meddle and then problems happen? That's that's I think is the interesting well, angle. If you can't do it at media days, it seems like it'd be hard to do it in the fourth quarter of a game. But <laughs> you know, maybe valid. that's oversimplifying. That's a very valid point, Aaron Dugan. Yeah. Um, I, I do think AM universally though considered the, the best of the rest in the West. Ooh, you like that? Um I do because of because of dudes, man. They just got better players. We've been saying it all year. Like they've got better roster than Ole Miss and Arkansas and Auburn and Mississippi State. So pretty uni- make pretty it universal work together. They're, they're pretty clear number three in, in get in, out of their own the way. Yep. What else you got? Okay, let's see what else I want to ask you about. It is where's care cake rank in your cake rankings? That was a very hot. That was this is how boring it was. Carrot cake, Nick Saban's favorite cake, was controversial. That was a con- that was a controversial topic at SEC Media Days. Carrot well, cake. how'd that come up? So he was describing his quarterback room not being fully baked yet, and <laughs> he's like, "Oh, it's when I was 
hanging out at my grandma's house waiting for the cake to bake. And I'd be in the kitchen asking her, when's the cake going to be finished? And grandma would tell me, cake's not done yet, Nikki. <laughs> and and then, of course, the follow-up question was, well, what's your favorite cake? And he's like, carrot cake. And that, of course, elicited a lot of responses. People love carrot cake. People hate carrot cake. Carrot cake, very divisive amongst the SEC media. Talk. I could maybe say something even more divisive, which is I don't like cake. I don't. I mean, that's weird. Un-American. But un-American. <laughs> Love nachos. Give me nachos over cake. Um, carrot cake. If I was going to pick a cake, would not be my top cake. Can't, I can't. I can't fault you for savory over sweet. I I would say carrot cake's not the best cake. It's not the worst cake. Pretty solid cake. It's like an eight and four cake. Is what it's I, an said, eight I would four say. Cake. Eight, an eight four and four cake. Eight and four. But okay. like really good cream cheese ice cream or icing goes to a nine and three team. You know, you get the I, right right amount of cream, good cream cheese icing on a good carrot cake, moist. Goes up to nine and three. It's pretty what good. About, pretty, pretty good cake. Where does Red Velvet hit for you? Uh, uh, Red Velvet's a, a ten and two. Okay, yeah, I agree. If chocolate, like if in the as the way of cakes cake. go, chocolate cake is at the top of the list. That's fair. That makes my, you more American than me. My wife loves hummingbird cake, which is like pineapple and banana. So like She's that's so sophisticated. Yeah, that's like a that's like a. It's very good. It's very good. My mother in law used to make it. It's it's. Amazing. I would trust. I would trust Haley with like pretty much anything so it's like a you know carrot cake has like that like uh like the spongy sort of flavor of carrot cake like the texture so it's like mm -hmm. that but instead of going carrot and like nutmeg it goes uh banana and pineapple but it has okay. it has a carrot cake like feel to it with like that cream cheese ice cream it, it is it's a seven and five eight and four on a good year cake but it's my wife's favorite so we got to make it every year so there you go yeah no i mean i'd be i'd be open to trying that so Bama's quarterback room, Tyler Buckner is the is the ice is the icing, you know, and, mm -hmm. and Jalen Milrow is the is the sugar and and the spice. And then, of course, uh, maybe Ty Simpson is is the rest of the ingredients. Who knows? But that was his reference was. Got it. And and my belief personally on why I picked Bama is that 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 cake will be baked by November 8th when LSU comes to town like that. That's my reasoning for picking Alabama in theory. Would one, would one of them. Would that game being earlier in the season have changed it for you? Maybe I could see Texas beating them in, in Tuscaloosa, honestly. Like I could see Texas beating them and then they lose to AM. And that wouldn't that be a story? Alabama loses to yeah, Texas would. and AM and then beats LSU with only one loss, still wins the West at 10 and 2, which means they're not going to the playoff, which I think is very possible. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Th I think that that game being at the beginning of November is going to. You know, fare better for Alabama, but I mean, we've also yeah. seen LSU continue to make strong improvements. Like, I mean, they're not going to not be getting better. Like, you know, I think we think that Alabama it will help them to play LSU later, but I mean, LSU is going to be getting better the whole time too. So, here's I mean, a that's hot... pretty simple take by me, but you know what I mean? No, no, it's not. I, I think here that's why they have more votes. Frankly, I think the hottest of hot takes that I've got is in theory that LSU and Alabama could both have a loss by week two. What are the first two games? LSU plays Florida State week okay. one. I think Florida State is a like playoff into the national championship game type of good team, potentially. Okay. And Alabama plays Texas week two. So You're, I mean, that's not that hot of a take, honestly. It's two it's two top twelve teams that are playing LSU and Bama in the first two weeks. So can you can you tell me how much deliberation it took? For I mean, you've been kind of on a Missouri, I won't call it a high, but like Missouri confident for a while. Um, I mean, relatively I've come, I've speaking, come, I've come down off that high. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, how, how hard was it for you to put them above Florida 
and talk about like that that part talk about talk about about Uh, that part talk talk about that part. Uh, not not hard um the i'm i'm in on kentucky but a lot of people are in on kentucky are you georgia tennessee kentucky south carolina yes yes. georgia georgia tennessee kentucky Kentucky, south carolina missouri florida vanderbilt yep yeah, I okay. think South Carolina is the wild card. You just don't know. Like if they're really good and they work out and everything does happen the way they want it to, they can beat all of these teams. If if not, their schedule's so hard they could finish sixth. And so I, I just don't. I put South Carolina in the middle almost because I just don't have a good feeling for where they're going to fall. My my on paper brain tells me that they're a fifth sixth place team, but the way Beamer has coached the last two years is they've been better than that, and so. I'm sort of baking that in by moving them above Missouri. My my head tells me Missouri four, South Carolina five, but really uh, Beamer has just, I mean, Missouri's South Carolina can't beat Missouri like that. So there's that <laughs> to consider. I think you're, but they're picked third by the media. So what South Carolina? Yeah. I mean, media likes them. So, and seems to love Shane. Well, there, what's not to love. He's a great dude. He is. I, I think all these co- hypo stoops, um, Napier was a little methodical. Clark Lee's a little robotic. Eli Eli Drinkwitz was was pretty feisty, but I'm not sure. Really? Note I'm not sure anyone noticed because it's Missouri. But Drinkwitz was pretty <laughs> feisty. He he was he here's here's what here's one of the bigger stories of the week, and it, there's no real solution here. And we've talked about nil at nauseum, right? But Greg Sankey made it very clear in his opening statements that nil is a huge problem, not because he doesn't want it, but because there is no way to regulate it without Congress. And knowing that Congress is your only solution has got to be just frustrating and terrifying. He clearly hates all the different state laws being different. Meanwhile, on the same day, Eli Drinkowitz got up there and thanked the Missouri legislative state representatives. Like the Speaker of the Missouri House was in Eli Drinkowitz's op- like prepared speech. Like, I've never heard an SEC coach thank a legislative really body in his state because Missouri's law is very open. It's very, like, free-for-all. Do whatever you want. So is Arkansas. So is Texas. Is, I mean, there's a lot of them in the SEC. And Sankey clearly hates it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Weird. The coaches ah. don't love it, but they're going to use it to the best of their abilities. And so, yeah, again, just, gotta, what are you going to do? He's like, I got to thank the governor and I got to thank the speaker of the house. And I got to thank the, and like, I was like, what? Weird. (laughs) Like 45 minutes or an hour after Greg Sankey is like begging Congress to put in guardrails on NIL that go, he's like, he probably wanted to punch Eli in the face for that. Well, it's not, but it's not Eli's fault. It's, I know it's not. I know it's not, but it's just, it just, his life is Eli, Eli, um, he's nerdy, but he's, he's, he's prickly. I'll just say that. Brickly. Oh, brickly. I feel like I am too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. No, no one's argument. ever used that to describe me, but it feels right. No argument there. Uh, okay. Well, I don't I'm trying to I think. Have... Players, are the, players are so great, man. Just the best. They're so good. Everyone was well represented. They're so good. Who was the standout personality player was? I mean, there's so many. JC Latham, Alabama offensive lineman, basically said, like, look, that that is not our standard. I was torn on last year. I was proud of my own performance, but not proud of the team's performance. And we we're going to come back this year. We're going to win the national championship, go undefeated, win the Joe Moore Award, and I'm going to win the Outland. And I was like, and I've got that clip up on YouTube. You can check it out. I was like, you've practiced that. 
no, most people don't rattle off the Joe Moore award in their like shit talking speech. <laughs> God, O linemen are definitely bring a oh, a good dynamic. Great, great. so weird and fun. They are. Um, Josh Williams, running back LSU, was amazing. Just he, he's a senior. I don't know if he's going to play in the NFL. I don't know if he's like a star. He's a really good player, but I don't know if he's like a superstar. And, and where's was, he from? Do you know? Uh, I don't. I think he's from Texas. Okay, I have to double check on that. But he is. He was. You know, very well spoken, very thoughtful. Gave me great answers on Brian Kelly leadership communication. Gave me gave great answer on Harold Perkins. What makes him a freak athlete? Like if anyone's going to be a broadcaster, Josh Williams could be a broadcaster. Um, was great. Amari Thomas from Tennessee gave yep. a great answer on Josh Heupel. Um, Kids are Joe, impressive. Joe Milton was very, very thoughtful about his own personal growth and very mature and very sort of like, and I thought it was interesting. He got voted third team all SEC on the same platform as Will Rogers, who was also really, really polished and ready. Mm -hmm. Spencer Rattler, I was surprised. Like Rattler was great. Like he was good. Um, but, but I mean, like trying to think who else, and there's a lot of them up on, on, on YouTube. So check out the YouTube page. If you want to see a bunch of these clips from a bunch of these players, uh, I got Eli Cox up there from Kentucky. We got, um, I tried to get as many of the, of the stars as we could. Brock Bowers was up there talking about Kirby smart, bringing just like 10 X energy <laughs> at all times. That's awesome. Um, um, so there's a lot of players up there. They're just so good, man. Like they're smart. They're funny. They're interesting. A lot of talk about NIL, a lot of talk about gambling and like, what are we supposed to, they know the rules that they're not supposed to gamble and all this other stuff. So it's the players are just always so much fun. Like, Full stop on that. Um, well, that's great. That All the Texas like a pretty... players wore sunglasses. <laughs> so bougie. Which These guys they all... definitely all think that they're like, that was my experience at Vanderbilt too. It's like getting on a plane or media days. I'm like, y'all think that you just are on the cover of GQ and it's fine. Like there was take a, the opportunity dude, when you get it. With NIL money though, it used to be like, all right, what, what Jordans do you got on? And I had a couple. I had a couple pairs of Jays on this week, and you know you got to rock the shoes at SEC Media Days. But th these are like they're they're like Gucci now. Like they're they're oh different. yeah, they got like all their luggage is Louis. They got they're Gucci different. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a like, thing. It's a whole there these, thing. There, there's so many of them wearing these one pair of shoes, and I was like, these are ugly. And then I was like, looked at the label, and they're all Gucci. And I was like, that's that's what costs thousands of dollars now. Is that shit? Give me a break. Mm -hmm. I'll take my I'll take my uh, OG. Low top MJ ones. I'm good to go. Yeah. All I, need. All, I know. That's all I need. Me too. I know. I need some NIL money if I'm going to be wearing Gucci shoes. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Um, <laughs> no, the players, players are great. Uh, it was a lot of fun and uh, exhausting. And I, I don't know. I don't know what else we, what do we, what you got any more? What else you got? Questions? Yeah. What else you got? Um, I would say. Who did we miss? I feel like we missed, like, we talk about Kentucky. I don't know. We didn't really talk about Kentucky except for, you know where they fell in in kind of the order for you and Mark Stoops being chill. Yeah. So we didn't really talk about that. We kind of breezed over Mississippi State. Oh, you want a you want an interesting one? Here's one. Brian Kelly went full AI, and he was okay. like, "Yeah, AI is going to be a big part of recruiting in the future. So we're looking into that. We are absolutely going to move into that space." I think Lane Kiffin's or no Eli Drinkowitz was like, "I don't know anything about AI, so I'm not going to comment." Like Lane Kiffin was like, I don't know. And Josh Heupel gave like, I think the better answer, which is like, I, I don't know much about it, but if we've got something out there that can help us recruit and identify players, then we're going to use that tool. And it's like, it's like, wait a second. AI is going to be a part of like everybody's program. That's that was, interesting. I mean, 
I'm I guess can't say I'm shocked by it, but you and that I, is odd. You and I and everyone else in this country, just like we all have a smartphone, is gonna have an AI assistant. It's gonna happen. Just mark the tape on this. I believe that. I hadn't really thought about that, but I believe it. Yep. Um, anything else you want to talk about Mississippi State wise? Trying to think if I have any specific questions about Sacronet was good. He was fine. First 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 uh trip through uh, uh they paid homage homage to mike leach of course at the beginning they also talked about the covenant shooting in nashville which was important and, and they brought the officers up there so greg sankey did a really good job i think uh, but nil is just like the primary focus for everybody mm-hmm. otherwise i think they were all trying to get out of there like super chill we didn't talk about georgia much um their cedric grand Pran's great brock bowers is great georgia's the overwhelming pick and i don't think they're gonna win the national championship that's my that's my prediction so okay well there, you heard it here have... well maybe not first but all right, you can follow me on the X machine, the Outrage machine at Braden Gall, uh, at 440 Sports on the YouTube page as well. You can get to Aaron at the Aaron Dugan on Twitter. That's right, yep. Aaron underscore Dugan on Instagram. Otherwise, stay tuned next week for a big announcement. We really, really appreciate you guys. Football season camp opens up very, very soon. It's right around the corner, so sit tight, hang with us. We do appreciate it. Very exciting coming up in 2023. Otherwise, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Later, homies. <laughs>